Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily for October 25th, 2017. Yes, even on my birthday, I'm giving you a podcast. I feel a little bit guilty, though, because I uh, I missed yesterday. I was so slammed. It was a big media day for me, and uh, we got some really cool stuff on camera that I believe is going to air this Friday on an ABC affiliate. And so uh, I'll wait until that is definite. And, of course, you know that these days they put everything on the Internet as well. So uh, I'll let you know when there's a link up so you can go look at this for yourself and sort of see what I've been up to. It uh, has to do with the clear thermal camera. So anyway, uh, I have a funny story I want to tell you today. You know, uh, last night, uh, my old pal Forrest Connor came into town. And, uh, you know, Forrest is a lemur member, and uh, I have known Forrest, I don't know, easily 15, 20 years. I'm not even sure anymore. Uh, Now that I'm getting so old, my beard turned white. But uh, anyway, uh, Forrest was the producer for Speaking of Strange for many years, and uh, I've just had a lot of I could tell you so many crazy stories about myself and Forrest Connor getting into mischief all over America, by the way. Um, but uh, I hadn't seen him in four years because uh, he, he moved away from Asheville for a while. And then I've been traveling so much. And, and now Forrest is actually interested in moving back to Asheville. So it was good to see him catch up on old times and talk about some of our adventures. And in the midst of doing this, I remembered one experience that, um, it's again, it's one of my favorite stories involving Forrest. And I, I told this one time years ago on the Speaking of Strange radio program, but that show is FCC regulated. So, you know, I had to be a little bit careful with some of the things that I said. I don't have to do that with this podcast, Joshua P. Warren Daily. So let me tell you this interesting story. Um, Okay, one of the most prominent paranormal sites, certainly in North Carolina, is Brown Mountain, where people see the Brown Mountain lights. Now, Brown Mountain, if you're not aware, is this long, low-lying ridge on the border of Burke and Caldwell counties in the middle of the Pisgah National Forest. You might be able to tell I've said that before. And uh, there is not much there other than there are some trails and that sort of thing, but uh, for the most part, it's just undeveloped land. However, for now, well over a century, uh, according to journalistic reports, and perhaps hundreds of years based upon Native American legends and pioneer stories, people have been seeing these strange multicolored balls of light floating on and around this ridge at night, and sometimes they just rise and go straight up into the air. It's an amazing phenomenon. It's been studied by scientists from all over the world, and nobody knows exactly what's happening. And Brown Mountain is, eh, we'll say about an hour to 90-minute drive from Asheville, where I was born and raised. So Needless to say, I have spent a lot of time uh, camping at Brown Mountain and doing investigations with my friends and colleagues. In fact, in the year 2000, um, our team, the Lemur team, was the first to capture good footage of the Brown Mountain lights. Uh, Brian Irish was our 
video specialist, and he had uh, an infrared sensitive camera. And one night in November, we got some great footage. If you want to know more about the Brown Mountain Lights, you can go to one of my websites, brownmountainlights.com. Everything's all spelled out, brownmountainlights.com. And in fact, you can even download a free PDF of a booklet that I wrote about the phenomenon. So anyway, um, I have a couple of friends who are scientists, engineers. Both of them worked for a long time for Bell Labs, a very respected research institution and or in, institute up north. And every year, for years, they have made uh, a trip, usually around the summertime, to Brown Mountain. And they have captured some amazing photographs of brown mountain lights. Now, the brown mountain lights can appear any time of year. Sometimes might be better than others. You can read about all that stuff on the website. But these guys, they, they've gotten very lucky. And sometimes you see pictures, and you can obviously look at the photo and say, well, this is probably something conventional, or this might be something that uh, I just can't really even discern much info about. There's not enough data in the image. So their pictures, however, have always been very nice, clear pictures that are exposed properly where you can see exactly where around the ridge the lights are, and often they are floating up in the air over the ridge. And frequently they will go to Wiseman's View, which is kind of like a miniature Grand Canyon there on the Limbaugh Gorge nearby, because you can actually see the lights all over that area, not just at Brown Mountain, but all over the Limbaugh Gorge. So one night, my buddies, and they probably don't mind me using their names, Bill and Bob, they were at the Wiseman's View Overlook. And so if you're standing on one side of the Limbaugh Gorge, and the gorge is... Um, Gosh, I think it's like two miles wide. Standing on one side of the gorge, opposite from you, if you're at Wiseman's View, is this big rock jutting up there called Table Rock. There's actually two big rocks. There's Table Rock and Hawksville. But Table Rock is a very popular site because you can hike up there and picnic as well. There's a nice little park up there. So they got some amazing pictures of these big, bright balls of light rising up into the air over a section of the mountain near Table Rock. And so I got the bright idea that we would figure out exactly where that spot seemed to be using the, their photographs and go over there and study that spot. Makes logical sense, doesn't it? Sounds great on paper. A little more difficult in practice, though. But here's what I came up with. So we had forests stand on one side of the Limbaugh Gorge at Wiseman's View, which is, the again, the position where the uh, photograph was taken. So he is in the photographer's position. And Forrest has the pictures with him. And the idea is that Forrest has a green laser. And by using those photos as a guideline, he's going to shoot that green laser across the Limbaugh Gorge and hit that spot from his point of view. And then on the opposite side, I was going to be there with some investigators, and we were going to just keep exploring until we found that spot where his laser beam has landed. And then we'd know we have the spot. Sounds pretty easy-peasy, doesn't it? 
So Forrest had a, a radio, like a CB-type radio, uh, handheld, and so did I, so we could communicate back and forth quite easily, and he could say, oh, you need to go a little bit more to the east or a little bit more to the west or whatever. So Forrest was positioned by himself there at Wiseman's View. Uh, within a couple hours, my small team was positioned on the opposite side up at Table Rock, which is a very treacherous area, by the way. So Forrest is shooting this laser beam across, and mind you, as a side note, he's starting to gather a, a small crowd of curious folks around him saying, why are you shooting that laser beam across the gorge? Because everybody can see this, and he's having to explain, well, I'm a researcher. We're, we're doing scientific research here to uh, try to find out the origin of brown mountain life. So he's shooting this laser beam, and when you're standing on the other side of, of a, a thickly wooded gorge, that's, you're basically on the side of a cliff. I mean, you can't see exactly where this laser beam's going. So I'm tearing through the woods at night on the side of this cliff, extremely dangerous. Investigator Shelley Wright was with me at this point in time, assisting me, and <laughs> she and I both are getting torn to bits by briars and tangles. And I mean, it was it, this was it was becoming almost like an impossible mission. You know, we could not find where this damn laser beam was hitting. And so finally, at one point, it was it was just like a shaft from heaven. This laser beam hits me right in the chest. And it's pretty cool, by the way. I don't think many people have this experience. It's pretty cool to be standing two miles away from a laser beam and have it hit you in the chest because that little laser beam is about the size of a, of a, a saucer, you know, that you would use as a dinner plate when it, it, it spreads out over that distance it hits you. So it hit me in the chest, and I was like, hallelujah, we found the spot where some kind of weird light was seen. And at that point, I look around, and I realize, shit, this is a campsite. There's a little tent over there, and there's a fire uh, that has been recently put out. And there are lanterns hanging around. And so I'm like, man, well, instantly I'm kind of disappointed. You know, we here we are for hours. We've been looking for this spot. We find it, and it just so happens to be a camping spot. So even if the light in the picture was a real brown mountain light, well, now the site's contaminated because it's a campsite, so we just have to dismiss that. So it was exciting. Uh, when, the, when the laser beam hit me, Forrest said all the people on the other side of the gorge, all the curiosity onlookers were cheering and clapping. <laughs> and so... Anyway, I was so I figured, oh, well, we did our best. And then all of a sudden, the tent unzips. And this half-naked, scraggly-looking man comes stumbling out of the tent. Now, this could be a dangerous situation. You know, it's the middle of the night, and you're walking up on some guy's isolated campsite. The guy comes stumbling out, and I said, I'm so sorry, sir. Did not mean to disturb you. Um, we are actually scouts for a TV show because at that time we actually were working on some Brown Mountain TV stuff. I said, we're scouts for a TV show, and we're here studying the Brown Mountain lights, the strange phenomenon that's sometimes seen in this area, and we just accidentally stumbled upon your campsite. Sorry about that. But while we're talking, um, 
have you by chance seen any strange lights around here? And the guy scratches his head and he goes, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I have. I said, really? Well, what have you seen? He goes, all night, there's been this weird green light all around my campsite, all around my tent. I don't know what the hell it is. So I go, oh. <laughs> so Shelly and I look at each other, and I look at this poor guy. <laughs> and I don't have the, the the nerve, the cojones to say to him, oh, uh, that's because there's an asshole two miles away with the laser beam <laughs> who's been directing it specifically at your site for hours tonight. <laughs> Who would ever expect that? Instead, I was just like, oh, well, that's that's fascinating. I'll make a notation of that. And so I am sorry to admit to you that somewhere out there, there exists a man who has this amazing Brown Mountain Lights camping story <laughs> about that being flashes of green light that occur all around your tent at night. <laughs> so I'm sorry if I have contributed uh, a little too much to uh, the misinformation and some of the urban uh, myth out there, but uh, I figured it, it was better off leaving it like that, and then we uh, sheepishly made our way <laughs> back to our colleagues and uh, as I always say, when you do research, there's no such thing as a non-result. Uh, whatever happens, it's a result. You know more. You learn something. And so it was actually a very successful experiment, but a rough way to conduct it, I'll tell you that. So anyway, hope you find that as humorous as I did. And uh, that said, well, since I'm on my little birthday mission, I'm not sure uh, when I'll be leaving you another podcast. I'll try to get one to you tomorrow. I am going off to my undisclosed location for a few days. There are still plenty of uh, psychos and stalkers out there who are, are trying to find me, and God knows what they have in mind. So uh, I, I have to be a little bit protective about well, my whereabouts at times. But as you know, this coming weekend, it's the last one before Halloween. I want to remind you that haunted Asheville ghost stories are booming. You know you can always find my museum there. And the best guide to Nashville, I guarantee you that. We're going to have tours at least once a day, every single day, now through October 31st. So I hope you'll go to hauntedashville.com to check that out. And also, I'll be telling you soon about some of these media appearances I've been making and interviews I've been doing, because all that stuff's going to come out closer to Halloween as well. So uh, thanks for staying updated on all that stuff at joshuapwarren.com. If you go to joshuapwarren.com, you'll find a link to the top to this podcast, and uh, you'll see different ways you can subscribe. Also, you can follow me on Twitter, and I do my best to tweet when there is a new one as well. So, as usual, thank you for your interest. Thank you for your support. Thank you for staying curious, and I will talk to you again soon. <laughs>